I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. John Moranchek, welcome to the program. Man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Danny, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And you are with the Bryant Group. And you guys, yes, what, what, what market do you serve? Uh, we serve Hampton Roads, so all the seven cities here. Uh, I'll go beyond that if I need to, which I have. I've driven all the way to Sistan before. Um, but yeah, right. Hampton Roads is to where we typically serve. All right, that's fair. Uh, why did you get started in real estate? So, you know, like a lot of people who are watching HGTV, I love the fantasy of uh, investing in real estate. I, uh, I come from a medical background, and I was just really kind of getting burnt out doing a lot of that stuff. And I got introduced to a group of real estate investors in 2016 and never really did anything getting my license. I was doing like the investing courses and, you know, doing like drive for dollars and, and knocking on people's doors um, as a side hustle. And nothing really gained any traction from that. Uh, but when I moved to Virginia from California and I was going through a divorce and going to nursing school like a good Filipino boy, I uh, was also taking my real estate course. And I had kind of, you know, epiphany, prayer, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I just couldn't serve two masters, right? I was like, I know I really want to do real estate. I've done the medical stuff and I was, I was a good medic, you know, and I love that field, but it's not where I was very passionate and I could see the potential that real estate had. And I got my license in September of 2021 or sorry, September of 2020. Um, I closed one deal in October, one deal in November, and then I closed five deals in December and made 30 grand in a month. And ever since then I've been hooked. Being able to pay your bills and doing what you like to do, definitely a plus, right? Yes, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got, I've got kids and yeah, right. And I've got the kids and, you know, I, I like being able to spend time with them. I was tired of working 12, 24 hour shifts and, you know, dealing with all that trauma and, you know, wiping diapers and, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> picking up homeless people out of the streets. Um, all that stuff. I was just, I just didn't feel like I was getting fulfilled or being fulfilled um, and not chasing what I really wanted to do. I was just kind of going down this path that I thought society told me I needed to go down because it was secure. Um, you know, that's what I, I love about real estate. There's no, there's no ceiling um, to how much you can make. There's also no floor, right? You can drop straight through. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of where I come from and, and how I got into real estate. So you talk a little bit about your passion for real estate and, and I'm sure that plays into your why, uh, but, but what do you think your why is? I know you have to support the kids. You mentioned that, um, but, but why do you do what we're doing right now? Yeah. So, you know, time is a currency that we can never get back. We can't buy it. Um, it's just, it, it just passes us all. We all have 24 hours in each day. And I'd like to be able to spend time with my family. So my why is my family, you know, and why's change. Um, but my, my, my why is, is my family um, being able to provide for them, provide for them well, more than, you know, than I was able to, or more than the childhood that I had. Um, 
and to be able to you know, spend time with them, you know? Um, so that's kind of why that, that is my why. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's a good why. I mean, that they remind you every day when you see your kids, right? Like, right. Exactly. And, you know, I don't want to create this generational wealth, right? Not just mm -hmm. having enough to make money to pay my bills next month. I want to be able to, you know, have that generational wealth, pass something on to my kids and, and owning different properties, especially being a veteran. Um, I've got the VA loan that I can use and my, one of my goals and my why, but one of my goals is to have enough passive income and properties that, you know, I can, that I can pass on to my kids when I'm not here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is legacy. I mean, legacy, that that's where the why shifts, and, but you got to pay bills before you can get to that. Um, right. So remembering those steps, I mean, you and I, and we'll get to this, have kind of had a conversation about, you know, like, you got to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. You know what I mean? And that sort of thing. Yes. You know, you, you, not to cut you off here, but just like you were saying, <clears throat> before I got invited to this podcast, I was going to meet with uh, an investor that's got 122 units. And I was, you know, he, the guy admittedly told me he's never taught anyone before. Mm -hmm. And he just wanted to kind of share his wealth with me. Um, it wasn't going to be free. I was going to have to pay him for this stuff. But, you know, after speaking with you, you know, even though I've had some success this year, it was really me putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I haven't built my businesses or built my business and my team and my structure um, to have those systems in place and kind of be automatic before I take on the next adventure right. of investing. So it's like, uh, have you seen the, the fountain outside of Buffini and Company? Do you know what I'm talking about? They put it on. Um, vaguely. Yeah, so vaguely. Uh huh. All the training videos where they have, he pours it into the top bowl and it overflows. Oh, yes. And overflows. Yeah, I remember now. Mm -hmm. Cash flow, streams of income, you know, right. all of that stuff. Well, that whole illustration is, you know, is the steps that we must go in. And when we put things out of order, you can be doing the right thing, but if you're doing it in the wrong order, it's still not going to be successful, right? So it's yeah. security, stability, success. So you know, uh, you know, legacy, right? And I'm it's mm -hmm. an S word, and I can't think of it. But but, but <laughs> you know, but but if you try to get to the legacy and, and having something to leave behind to your kids before you're paying your bills, you know that could that could end very poorly. So I mean, right. I think you totally did the right thing. Uh, kind of sidestepping that and revisiting it. It's also really the hard to invest money you don't have yet, right? Right, exactly. Because you, you mentioned, like, if I went the hard money route <clears throat> without having my systems in place, you know, it would have it, it would have led to, to failure. You know, just yeah, with one hiccup, which I've seen them happen plenty of times with the investors that I work with. Correct. You That's know? what I'm saying. And the, you know, I you know I do a lot of investing, but it's also a side hustle. I have my core business, which is me as a realtor, you know, uh, I will say this cash fixes a lot of problems. If, if you have an investment that runs <laughs> long and you paid cash and there's no interest working against you, it's still a good investment. If you paid hard money and the, and the money you borrowed goes from 10% to 18%, well, you've got a partner with a hand in your pocket and he's not taking a hit. You're taking the whole thing. Um, yep. so I definitely, like I said, I think you did the right thing on there. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the structure because you're on a team, right? Correct. So tell me a little bit about the team. So yeah, <clears throat> as you mentioned, I'm part of the Bryant Group. 
uh, Jen Bryant is our principal broker, and she has been in the business for 22 years. She was actually, um, she learned th through Greg Chaplin and has become, you know, immensely successful um, in, in her own right. And we, you know, we are part of what's called the Zillow Flex team. Um, as well, so we do. A, we partner with with Zillow, and they generate online leads, which has been part and parcel to my success this year. All the while working with the Feeney method and using that to fill my database, so I'm not just you know chasing the next commission. I'm creating connections, right? And building the database full of relationships. So exactly. Can, I mean. Let me ask this, where do you see this going? Do you think that, you know, having worked a full year of running down Zillow leads, is that a sustainable model moving forward? Or do you think that you will eventually leverage away from that? Well, you know, this is, I've just finished my second year in the business. And I can't say that it hasn't interrupted my, my workflow with the Buffini stuff because they sometimes can conflict. And we'll, you know, like the million dollar client I told you about. The million dollar <laughs> uh, phantom. Yeah, the million dollar phantom. I'll, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, it pulls me away from my, my systems and building those relationships that I know will lead to lasting business. So, um, and just, just in this past year, I mean, I would say that, you know, maybe 45% of my business has come from referrals. Okay. So it's not a small amount that has come from my, you know, from my, from referrals this year. Mm -hmm. Although it's been supplementary with my Zillow leads, the relationships that I built in the first year, I took the the um, the core values or the the systems that Buffini has put in place, and mm -hmm. even though I haven't done it to a T, uh, and I fumbled across the way, uh, I was able to get a decent amount of referral business from that. And, you know, this upcoming year, my goal is to take that to the next level. So I may take a step back from having to, you know, kind of chase these little leads every now and again. Um, I'm not going to discredit them right away because the online sources is a great source. And, and I'm still, you know, shy of the hundred, uh, the goal of 100 A plus or a, a, you know, people in my database. But once I get to that point, I feel like I can take a step back completely. I would argue you know more people than you think you do. And, and I know yes. everybody listening. <laughs> you have signed up for 100 Days to Greatness, which is absolutely yeah. the right step. You know, and, and, you know, Brian, get my checks ready because I'm selling your, your stuff here. But uh, And I get, for anyone <laughs> who's wondering, I get nothing from this. This is literally just me doing it. But uh, I've seen success from it and, and kind of breaking everything into steps. We overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what we can do in a couple of years. And when you said that yes. you haven't mastered the system yet, I don't know anyone who's mastered the system yet. There's people that are closer to mastery, right? But I mean, we all can improve. We can all tweak. The day you've made it is the day that you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, and I'm, it's good to hear you say that too, because I, I know that after speaking with my lender, you know, Mike, Mike Anderson with Atlantic Bay, um, he, he hears me sometimes like getting really hard on myself and it's because you know, I, I feel like I can do so much more. I feel like there's, you know, I'm not doing enough. 
And, uh, you know, I just started the hundred days of greatness. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to be working on building that database because that's part of my action steps for this first week. And, um, you know, even listening to their podcast, it's just like, you know, more, you know, more people than you think, you know, you do. so I'm, that's, I'm that's my goal is to, to get in there. Now the, you know, the, the caveat to that is, are they all a or a plus clients? Maybe not, but that's where I need to start making those calls, doing the mayor campaign, um, and, and taking that a bit more seriously, um, and taking a step back, you know, kind of from not, not taking a step back completely from my Zillow because I'm part of the team. Um, and it has been supplementary, but you know, I can I think that's kind of a good segue into the, what delayed this podcast, right? Cause we were supposed right. to meet Tuesday mm-hmm. and I had a call from which, you know, who would have been the, uh, a great lead. They were looking for homes that were 700,000 or under. He had to sell a home in church point, which those are like million dollar homes, almost a piece. And they had a, you know, he had a new fiance that she also had to sell a home on shore drive, which is a beach community. So it would have been, you know, it would have been worth my while to make this work. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, you got to open those doors first and build those relationships but to them, you're still an online lead. So there's no, it's, it's very transactional. There's no trust. There's no relationship. So I went and I got, I showed him two houses. And about the end of the second house, you know, we had built a rapport. I'd learned a lot about him and his history and, you know, what he was passionate about, how they met. So I talked about their family, talked about the four questions, family occupation, recreation, dreams, like all that stuff. And at the end of the showing, he said, well, I actually have another agent that I'm going to be working with. He's a family friend. And I was just taken back. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? I I, I didn't have the right words to say. And I told him that I would, you know, I understood because I, because yeah, because what can you you No, work with me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you wasted my whole afternoon, you jerk. <laughs> right. like, that's you know, and yeah, okay. that's what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> I didn't because um, I'm a professional, but um, you know, I told him that I would, you know, be in touch with him, you know, and, and continue to show him houses that met his criteria because he was an elderly person, couldn't walk up three stairs and all that and stuff. Online, so, and you didn't meet that online. Uh huh. Sires and Tilly signs your yep. agreement, right? Right, which, you know, the, the lesson learned from there, um, which I, I, I kind of subscribe to what you're saying, you know, the Buffini provides these systems for you to build your referral database. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we met last year, earlier this year, um, at the Ninja Selling Conference. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, the nuts and bolts of it, kind of it fills in the meets and potatoes, it fills in the gaps on how to do those seller presentations, buyer presentations. So, Not that Buffini doesn't teach those things, but, you know, um, I, I like those systems in place. And I'm with you. Know. I feel like the Ninja, I like Ninja because it's more technical. It's yeah. more step-by-step, ask this question, not that question, and here's why. Brian, the sentiment, both sentiments are totally true. Both of them agree with each other as far as it being a relational business. I think Brian does a lot for lead gen. I think a lot of what he does for his intakes are good, but I personally like to grab a couple of things from the Ninja. And I would argue that everything that I'm doing is a hybrid between all the things that I've learned. 
right? Yeah. You know, be a student, right? Be a good student. Never a, you know, not a follower, you know, take right. you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones kind of deal with, with, right. with everybody. Yeah. You know? And absolutely. And I think the stage you're on and you didn't ask me, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway, cause you and I have that relationship already until you have really captured one, I'd take one thing and I'd install it. And then I'd go to the next. I wouldn't be worried about hybriding the Ninja with the Buffini yet. I would, yeah. you know, Brian's made plenty of money. Oh, look at all the agents you've met at conventions and how well they're doing. And, and like Greg and, you know, all of those people, there's something there. You will get in and do it his way in the beginning. And then as you learn, you'll come up with your own version of it. Um, but in the beginning, I wouldn't spend a lot of time going, well, that part's dumb. I'll do this one and not that one. I would say do it all yeah. in the beginning, figure yeah. out what works, and then and then you'll kind of start to make tweaks. Like a lot right. of the agents that have been on the podcast say, hey, I do all of my Popeyes at client parties, like reverse Popeyes. And that's great. But they're supplementing because they've got some other piece that they've installed. Right. I would say don't do that yet. Go in, do it the way he's written it, say it the way he, you know, filmed it. Uh, in the beginning, and I, I think you'll you'll see a lot of success. Um, but you know, you and I met because Mike Anderson, who is a lender for both of us, said, "Hey, you need to meet this guy. You know, he's something special." You know, and I agree with him. Um, I think you're on the right track. Uh, well, thank think, you. It's very flattering. Well, you know, I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, your referrals for Richmond. You know, right here. Yep, I got you. I got there you. There you go. Uh, no, but I'm saying on, on a serious note, take a minute, install those systems. Um, and, well, that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, before we had this podcast, that's really what I had to do. I had to take a step back because I was overwhelming myself by wanting to take on all of these different things at once and not have a real system in place yet. Right. You know, I don't have a system in place that I can tweak yet. Right, I've got to get the system first, and then as I observe and 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 learn, then then I can tweak. Um, but I've just been really grateful this year to have kind of you know um, I, I do a lot of the work, and I wouldn't say that I'm just fumbling no, I, through I, each day, but I have fumbled through a lot of days, and I'm you know I'm like, how did I you know make this amount of sales this year? Um, mm -hmm. You know, just one day at a time, one client at a time. But I want to improve that next year so I can, you know, just optimize my business. So, so yeah. So you mentioned kind of fumbling through a day or two. What is what does your average day look like? So, um, typically, um, and then, you know, it's kind of changed because of, you know, the kids' mothers and, and, and different schedulings and, and stuff like that. But typically I like to get up in the morning and I will do my ritual. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I get on my knees and I, and I pray and I read through my, my devotionals and stuff like that. And, um, then I go and work out, um, I go and work out and then I come home, um, you know, do all my you know, morning routines, getting cleaned, cleaned up and ready for the day. And then I would typically go into my home office and start making my calls. And, and then, you know, I'd, I'd set some time aside for my calls. I'd set a time, I'd set time aside for my customer service. Mm -hmm. um, so and you then have set, you have set times that you do those. 
it, for the most part, yes. However, like I said, with the you know with the Zillow and 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 of course just with any clients, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to stretch to fit their schedule. So because of that, you know, it's not like, a, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, because some days I'll get pulled to do a showing for, you know, for a, a client or do a home inspection or, you know, put out a fire for some deals that are under contract, you know. Um, but I, I will say also having a transaction coordinator this year has been the biggest change of my life, being able to leverage a transaction coordinator and you know, and my transaction coordinator is great. Shout out to Victoria Jameson uh, with Send It Transactions. She helps me write my contracts. She writes my picras, my addendums. Um, you know, she, she'll, she'll upload everything. She's she's amazing. Um, so and and reasonable too. So last plug for her. But you're gonna you're gonna say something. I just that's that's kind of what I was getting at. You need general timeframes to do the things just to remind you yeah. to do it. And you're going to have days that go south and you're going to have days where you run down. Um, and, and don't think, cause I, I, when I was first starting out, just thinking back the calls, the notes and the pot buys, I thought were the absolute priority and they're not doing business is the ultimate priority. And then when you don't have actual money making activities as in showing houses or listings, you know, then you fit in your lead gen, but also yeah. your lead gen is still mandatory. So what I, what I mean yeah. by that is like Monday, I had three closings. I didn't get a lot of lead gen done, but I promise you I worked late on Tuesday and I'll probably working on Saturday too, because I had, it's a non-negotiable for me to get that done. It, yeah. It's not optional. Yeah. It is part of what I have to get done. Um, but you're going to be able to, you will have days that blow up. You're going to have days where your attention is stretched you just want to make those activities also a priority and and the way you mentioned it that you have it on your schedule is super important also the other change that i i encouraged you to make was going into the office Um, yes you can do a lot of work from home but being in that office gives you proximity to other agents and other deals and it, it eliminates a lot of that distraction and if nothing else, the 30 minutes drive from your office to your house is time to make those phone calls we don't want to make. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? I still haven't done that. It's been it's just been a week now since I've been going to the office. Okay. But I, I typically listen to either a podcast, maybe yours, and or an audiobook while I'm on the way to, you know, doing that drive. Um, but I you know, I'd signed up for a coach and um uh, I'm assuming that coach is probably going to tell me that I can make those calls too during that during that 30 minute drive, and I wouldn't disagree with him. So, you know, you know, the big change that I've seen just in, in the week and a half that I've been coming to the office to work is one, I'm motivated to get up in the morning, you know, um, earlier on time, so I'm not showing up, you know, at noon in the office and you know just spending a few hours here, kind of getting lip service to the office, but I'm coming here. It, it gives me a reason to get up, get dressed, um, and be around other agents. And in the time I've been here, just like you said, spitting off ideas, there's things that I didn't know about the resources that were available in the Buffini referral maker. Um, I have, I'm, I'm in close proximity to our ISAs. So they have, they've given me two leads since I've been here just, you know, cause they see me and they're like, Hey John, you only want up. this lead? And I, yeah. Just cause I showed up and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> of course. Right. So, 
you know, just those benefits. And then, um, you know, and it feels like I'm, I'm actually, you know, at a job <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually working professional rather because I, I love my home office, but it's so easy to get distracted by my dog or, you know, having to deal with, you know, issues with the pool or, Oh, the, you know, maybe I've got to wash these dishes before I make these calls or <laughs> do I got to, you know, fill in the blank, you know? Right. I'm going to do this load of laundry. Uh, yeah. I was listening to one of the speakers that I like, uh, and, and she was saying that is an expensive load of laundry. Meaning, yeah. <laughs> like, you yep. make this much an hour, and you're doing laundry while you're supposed to be paying attention and taking notes to what your clients say. You know what I mean? But you're not, because you're not at a desk with your laptop and your notebook. You are multitasking, right? Yeah, um, not well. <laughs> exactly. Wherever you are, be present. If you're doing laundry, do laundry. That's fine. We all got to get that done. But when you're on that call, and I, and I know I said, hey, driving while you make your calls, it's, it's not the ideal time, but if you're low and you haven't done what you, you haven't hit all your calls, it's better than not hitting them, right? right? My preference is to have the power hour where I'm sitting on my desk, you know what I mean? And I'm taking my notes and, and, uh, and I'm scheduling the follow-up calls because follow-up is key too, right? Mm -hmm. We get that great yep. call and we're so excited because we finally got it, right? Uh, and then literally we're like, all right, awesome check that box and then you forget about it instead of going ahead yep. and putting it in your phone and going, all right, we had a great call. We had a great connection, but I'm going to follow up. So I need to call them in two weeks. Right. So yep. go ahead and put that on your calendar and put it right at the beginning of your call block. Right. Yeah. So, so, so one thing you mentioned earlier was, uh, you know, you thought the calls notes and Popeyes were like the priority and it's actually the work itself. Um, one thing that shifted my business this year was really changing that mentality from let me let me back up sometimes when you go to these you, you go meet these clients and you're showing them these houses uh, if, if you know they haven't if they haven't been pre-approved before you met them and you don't know them you feel like there's a very good chance you're going to waste a lot of time doing that and sometimes you do but I had to tell myself, like, this is, you know, this is why I made those calls was to meet these people in person. Mm -hmm. I want to convert them. Ideally, they would be pre-approved before I met them, but that doesn't happen right. all the time. Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, I, I went and I, I, I threw away all the pre pre you know preconceived notions that I had that this was going to, you know, fall apart. This is going to be a waste of time. It's going to be a waste of money and gas and all that stuff. I was like, go out there and do the work. Go meet the people. Get them to like you, put them in the pipeline. You know, once you get them, once you meet them, then you know, do that first one free, maybe. You know, unless you yes. you can tell that they're obviously and there's an issue with them ment mentally, or just like they're not going, you know, to be in a position where they can buy ever, and you can just tell that from the conversation you've had with them. But you can, but, you can still get a referral from somebody who can never, you know, will never be in a position to buy. With that said, there's no point showing them a house they can't afford. Right. right. You do that first yeah. showing. If you're going to do Zillow or a sign call for me, yeah, you go do the first one. But then you go, hey, you know, do you have a minute? Let's sit down. Let's talk through your goals so I can better serve you. Right. And yeah. you get that prequal next because here's the thing, especially in the market we've had for the last couple of years, that house isn't going to be around while we're waiting for Mike Anderson, who is very quick. Uh, you're welcome, Mike. Uh, yes. <laughs> to get them prequaled, you know, you don't know what's going on, right? 
and they've right. got to get their taxes and this and that and that. So you need to go ahead and put that step in place because if they find their dream house and they lose it, even if they could be qualified, you you didn't do them any favors. Right, right. exactly. So so the idea is just, you know, um, I stopped thinking negatively. I said, you know, whoever the client is, they're showing me some intention that they want to buy. I'm going to match that intention. I'm going to get them in front of the lender when I can, um, or as soon as, you know, after that first meeting, um, ideally before, if I can, um, but get them in front of that lender. If they can get pre-approved, great. If they can't, put them in credit repair, put them in the pipeline. But one question I wanted to ask you was, you know, there's a lot of people that I call or call me uh, through this platform and they say, you know, hey, John, I want to buy maybe, you know, I'm not going to be ready until like six months from now. You know, yep. I put them in the nurture, but I kind of want to start treating this where, you know, it's almost like the doctor's office, right? It's like, hey, we're going to come in, we're going to do a consultation, yes. you know, first. So I wanted to ask what your what your process was for, you know, kind of filling that pipeline later on so, down the road. So what I like to do is I do a full buyer intake meeting with them. They say, hey, I'm not going to be ready for six months. I say, I fully understand that because what I'm trying to get them to do is raise their hand and say, yes, I'm going to buy or no, I'm not really that serious yet. Right. And if they're not going to come and sit down at a coffee shop and tell me what we're looking for, then, then they're, then, then I'm just going to put them on a gateway. I'm going to say, Hey, give me the baseline, put you on a gateway. I'm going to put them in my referral maker. I'm going to call them on a regular basis. Um, but the other thing that I added to the Buffini system, because he doesn't, you know, we have, you, you've got ways in, in referral maker to, to, to kind of put them as a potential, but I, I really like hot, you know, you know, warm, yep. cool. Right. And right. I, the hot ones, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to rotate them through faster. I'm going to check on them more often because I know they're hot. And what makes them hot is not that they said they want to buy a house. It's somebody in my database who had a life change, right? They just had a baby right. and they live in a one bedroom apartment. They can lie to themselves for a minute, but we all know it's coming, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, yep. I add that piece, but I also really like to get them to, to tell me their deadline. You say, hey, I'm going to wave the magic wand. Ideally, when would you like to move? What does this look like? They're going to tell you mm -hmm. what they're concerned about. The other thing that I really installed, because I found myself chasing people or calling somebody, you know, when their name popped back up in my referral maker and they're like, yeah, I bought a house. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, we were talking and, you know whatever, um, I, I want to know when I'm working and when I'm not working, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So for me, no, I write on the buyer's brokerage agreement. I say, hey, look, if you put it in writing, you can get out of this at any time, right? You just have to email me and say, hey, look, it's not working out. No problem. But I want to know, so I'm not still shooting you emails and, and you're on your, you know, having your housewarming party that, because your cousin happened to be a realtor, right? Yeah, yeah. Be intentional about that. <laughs> no, that's actually really great advice too, because, you know, um, it, it, there's a lot of agents, you know, even myself when I first started off was afraid to ask people for that buyer broker agreement. And then I had to get that, you know, shift that mindset. It's like, look, you're running a business, you know, this is, <laughs> but, <it's laughs> but I think the way it's a benefit mm -hmm. to them too, right? Because it, it, it lets, it makes them know whether they are serious or not. If they're not willing to sign that paper, then you go, why aren't you willing to sign it? And maybe they just hadn't realized, hey, look, I'm in Virginia, but I want to be in California, right? Uh -huh. So you're helping them with their decision making. You're also mm -hmm. helping 
So that way they understand that they hired you. There's no, there's no accident. There's no mistake. You know what I mean? Like they've hired you. And now that they've hired me, here are your expectations, right? Cause I'll sit down with them even on the buyer intake and on the listing intake too. And I put the steps in front of them and I say, this is what I do when we're working together. Now, until you sign this piece of paper, uh, we're not working together. So I'm not going to do this, that you're in the nurture, like you mentioned. And, and this, yeah. these, this is what nurture looks like. So if you want me to escalate what I'm doing for you, then, then you do this, right? And, and the way you sell that to them is you say, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm a relatively busy agent. Uh, I want to give the undebated attention to my clients who are hired me and ready to pull the trigger. Uh, and I can't do that if I'm chasing everybody. So the second you sign this, you become one of my clients and you're going to get my undivided attention. You're going to move up to the front of the line, right? That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, it, it also eliminates the whole, I found my own house. Well, you knew what you were looking for. You also knew that you were serious, right? You didn't tell <laughs> me that. The way you tell me that is signing that paper. Now I know that every morning I'm going to wake up and look for what you're looking for. And I'm going to email you and I'm going to call you and say, hey, there's nothing today. I'll call you again tomorrow, right? Uh, that's that's in my daily routine, but it's only in my daily routine for the people who have signed the buyer's brokerage agreement on the buy side, right? Gotcha, yeah. Because otherwise, we're shooting in the dark. Yes, because, you know, I can get, I get so many of those, I'm ready to buy, you know, clients, and they have that initial motivation, and they, you know, you, you send them a few houses, um, you send them a few text messages, calls, and then they're just, you know, gone, dust in the wind kind of deal. Um, at, least, at least with online leads. <clears throat> now, my referral business this year has been, you know, um, has been great. And, you know, uh, even one of my clients, uh, we were under contract now to sell her mother's house who passed away. Um, she is the husband to Spikes Burden and and, Le- and Levy. Um, it's, it's one of the older, um, really large um, closing for title processing companies and, and real estate um, real estate attorneys that are here in Virginia Beach. And and I, I'm really hoping that I can continue to build that relationship with her as well, and and work with with other homes. So I'd say that, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, if we were recording or not, but um, like 40 to 45% of my business this year has been from referrals. It has been a shifting market this year. Um, what have you done to kind of combat the current conditions of the market? Because, I mean, we did have an interest rate that touched 8% this year, and that definitely uh, changed the market. I mean, we're seeing more <coughs> home inspections. We've seen, you know, I'm even seeing things where people win a bidding war literally turn around, do the home inspection and ask for a massive credit, which is only because they feel like they overpaid. There's not even anything wrong with the house. And they're like, give us $10,000. Uh, and if you go to call the other people that were in that bidding war, not only are they not interested in making that same offer, but they hate the house now. They're not interested in that house at all. Are you experiencing that? And if so, or what are you doing to kind of uh, continue to win in this market? Yeah, so one, I'm aware of what's happening in the market. I don't let that fear drive me into a corner, right? I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. Um, I'm not blind to it, but just like the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, you know, there's 20% of the agents are doing 80% of the work and 
just like somebody's going to need a haircut eventually, somebody's going to need to buy, sell, or invest in a house eventually, and I'm going to be ready when that person is in need. So I just kind of put the horse blinders on, and I went to work. And you know, I, I tried to, you know, I pointed out the pros, you know, as well as the cons for the market. But I emphasized the pros to my, um, especially buyer clients. Uh, I would tell them, like, look, you know, you know, we even though the markets have shifted and interest rates are at record highs, the benefit is that we're not in the 2020 market. We're not competing against 10, 20, 30 other people with $50,000 appraisal guarantees. You know, and if you've, especially for my clients that had that kind of money that would have put that money in when interest rates were 2%, you know, instead of putting that money at a, you know, overbidding on the house and just buy down their interest rates. So I, I, I hyper focus on that. I wouldn't focus on the doom and gloom of the media and I'd get to work. Yeah. That's, that goes back to the whole going into the office and being around other people, you know, that are getting it done. Cause the guys in the office tend to not be the guys that are in the gloom and doom. Right. Yeah. They're the ones that yeah. show up to do the work. Right. You know, because you talk with other agents out there and you can kind of hear it in their voice, that desperation. It's like, you know, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to bartending or, you know, I have to go back to dancing <laughs> <laughs> to pay the bills. <laughs> right. And that's one of those things where you're like, oh, really? That's terrific. Yeah. Keep me in mind as a referral agent. <laughs> yes. Right. Keep your license. Yeah. Don't let it go. But you I'll know, take, I got you. Yeah. You know I'll take, I mean? take care of them. So. Yeah, I'm staying in focus with that. And then working with my, my seller clients, you know, my clients were selling homes. I had like, look, you know, we're not in the 2020 market. You're not going to, we don't expect a bunch of bidding wars, but I'm going to price your home correctly and anticipate people to ask for closing costs. You know, just kind of prep them for that. Yeah, I always love it when they, when, when we get the bidding war and, and, and then they're like, and we get to do, they do the inspection and they, they turn in a repair request, and your seller goes, well, what do I do? And you're like, well, it's a broken house. You fix it. That's what you do. You just got a right. list. Like, <laughs> like the days where they're like, I know it's a house. That's good enough. Take all my money. That's over. I mean, we're just falling more into a normal market. And what's nice about this market is skilled agents will rise, right? All the, the, the sisters, cousins, brother agents that are going to show up one day off on their day off and write an offer, you know, well above, and you see them on social media bragging about how their client won, and you're like, well, your client won because your client had the most money, and they were willing to overpay, right? That's why they won. It didn't have anything to do with you, but, you know, make sure you make sure, you know, get your post in, right? Make sure you're on Facebook telling everyone that you got one done. Um, with that said, yeah. now, a little bit of skill. I mean, the inspection, you know, we're, we're going to have to negotiate through that. We're going to have to know how houses work and, and all of the skills that we've been building all these years are going to help us win over other agents. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've had working on the seller side, um, you know, going back to that desperation, you know, agent, um, when we have a problem with the house and we're already giving them closing cost assistance, just for, you know, when, when, one house comes to mind, uh, he was, very adamant about like, well, why don't we just cut into our commission and like help take care of this stuff? And I'm like, no. <laughs> why did we do that? Yeah. First of all, it's not my house um, paying to fix it. And if your clients don't want to accept our offer, then we'll, we'll put it back on the market. You know, it's like, it's okay. So yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs>
you're welcome to give up all the commission you want. Yeah, uh, you can do you can do that. I'm not. <laughs> well, truthfully, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a time where you throw in a couple of bucks and but you make it not, high. Right, but just to keep the deal alive. But when when you're talking about you know taking you know taking a full percentage off to 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 keep the deal alive or you know to fix a problem that's not necessarily a a now problem. Um, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, again, you do that on the goal line. You don't do that when you hadn't entered the red zone. Right. You, you give that up, and, and now I still got 15 yards to go, and I've already given up my money, and I set a precedence. Uh, yeah. Also, working by referral, you're going to get to work with them again, and if they feel like you're given, you know, rolling over and giving up your money and not negotiating from a position of strength, uh, that's going to hurt you moving forward. Yeah, they'll be happy that you got the deal done. But at the same time, you know, we're going to be in business again tomorrow, right? I tell people that all the time. Like, uh, I'm not allowed to, to retire until I die, according to my wife, which I'm excited. Yeah. I don't have to work the haunted house circuit or anything, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this is great. Uh, but my point in saying that is you can't, uh, you know, burn a bridge. You don't want to kill a relationship to get this thing over the wrong way. You want to negotiate uh, from a point of strength, you want to negotiate and do what's right. And, and again, you know, it's different if you've got a buyer and, and they don't have the money, for example. Right. Then, then that's, that's, that may be different. Everything has got a different circumstance, but that should be one of the last tools out of the box, in my opinion. Right. And I have done that for my clients. You know, I've waived my admin fees. I've even thrown, you know, closing cost assistance to help them, you know, get in there, especially you want to want a client's in need, you know, cause yeah. I, I got into this business to, to, to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite quote from Jim Rohn was, you know, to, to become successful in the service of others, never at the expense of others. And I've worked with single, single mothers, um, you know, who are in need of, of homes and they're, you know, shy of the closing costs. And I've, I've picked up the, I've picked up the closing costs for them so they can have shelter for their family because mm -hmm. I, you know. But that's, and that's an excellent quote, you know, and that, that was actually going to be my next question. Uh, really like that one. It reminds me of the whole Zig Ziglar. If you want, you know, give everybody what they want and they'll give you what you need. You know yep. what I mean? Continue. I love Zig. Yeah, he, he's, you know, he's funny. Other favorite, one of my other favorite quotes of his is, uh, money isn't everything, uh, but it's up there with breathing. <laughs> that, that, I like that one as well uh, what's your biggest takeaway from an event it doesn't have to be Buffini it could be any event let's see I mean aside from meeting me at Ninja I know that was probably big yeah. it's in your diary Found, you know um, it, it actually uh, that actually helped me uh, I, you know I, I will say this then um, that was really profound doing the uh, 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 seminar because I, I I practice shifting my mindset, you know, and success is something that you attract by becoming the person, uh, by the person you become. Um, and I wrote down for 30 days, you know, I want to be a top producing agent or I enjoy being a top producing agent in Virginia, um, top to bottom. I said, write it down 25 times. I read it from top to bottom and I did every day and I prayed and I meditated and I did that for 30 days and, you know, I've been, um, a top sales agent in my brokerage, um, two months in a two months this year. Um, and 
just under seven mil volume for for the year. Um, you know, I've got two other contracts I'm waiting to close, so it's been a good it's been a good 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited for 2024. Absolutely, and, and kind of the steps that we were talking about that you've taken for next year, you know, it's it, it's the next step forward. It's the next step forward. Every year will get easier. Every year you'll know what's coming, right? And you're building yeah. upon it. You know, you'll even have even in years where I felt like we didn't hit the volume, right? Yeah. You still put one more piece into place, and and it's one of those things where everything we're doing doesn't always show up on the scoreboard right away. Right. right. But when it does, it goes big and it, right. it's sustainable and it's not coming back. Yeah. And, you know, and this, and this year is just focusing, you know, and if there are any other newer agents that are here in this, it's just focus on your systems and all the other stuff will come into play. You know, just um, from the book Atomic Habits, the guy's talking about, you know, the goal for the basketball team is to win the game. To win the game, you need to score the most points, but it'd be ridiculous for them to just sit there and look at the scoreboard the whole time. You know, they've got to focus on the practicing. They've got to focus on putting in the work and, you know, and doing all that stuff. And the points will come. So get your systems and processes in place. Put the blinders on. Make your calls and get to work. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. You, you, uh, Grace is going to really enjoy hearing this. Uh, she does listen to the podcast, by the way. That's your new coach. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking so much time with me, man. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing uh, what you and I can build together. Same. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, man. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.